Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in this Easter season. I still can't get over that it's Easter and I love it and I'm excited just that it's Easter. Can I just say that? (laughs) I'm currently in a sugar coma right now as we speak. She's in the fetal position, folks. We're actually (laughs) recording this from the basement of Heather's house where she's in a fetal position. I've had too many Cadbury (laughs) eggs. Do you like those? Just the little mini eggs, you know. But the ones with the goo... No, okay, I do like those. I just like one Italy. like every year. Just one. Can't have more than one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I've been with you this whole time. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> I didn't know it was a faux pas to like the gooey Cadbury eggs. Well, now you know. <laughs> I'm seeing the looks of judgment come down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's okay. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That's what we were told last week. So yeah. Okay. We'll give you mercy, even though you like a disgusting Easter candy. <laughs> There's such a, I think there's such, I mean, aside from like the chocolate people are eating and like just the general festivities, there is such a spiritual difference of Mm, Easter than Lent. Totally. Don't you think? Like I can feel it in my soul. Like it just, it, it is, it feels like a resurrection. Like it does. It is. Cause it is a resurrection. It's just so deep. Like I love it. You know, I was so ready for it. So glad we're here. Yay. Hey. Yeah, definitely. We are ready for it. Michelle, how you doing? What's up these days, girl? I'm good. I really feel like Easter like season is upon us right now is like the most beautiful time in Florida or at least in the panhandle because it's warm, but it's not humid yet. And there's just like a light breeze. And so it feels like just the whole world comes alive again right now in this season. It does. Yeah. Yeah. But I am not eating sugar for Easter because I'm on this funny, um, detox kind of diet thing, you know, just to get my health really back in order. And I have like stayed strong and it was so so hard. It was so hard. You know, I'm really worried about Chick-fil-A. They may go out of business while I do this, but (laughs) you know, stay strong chicken people. (laughs) But, um, yeah, but right now after I went through my sugar detox part where I wanted to eat every Reese's peanut butter egg anywhere near me, Mm -hmm. um, I feel Mm -hmm. really good. I have a lot of energy and stuff like that. So people are like, why did you not do this in Lent? I'm like, you know what? I just couldn't get my act together in Lent, but I am doing it now. So I have a lot of resurrection power. Move on people. That's awesome. Yeah. But I am good. Such as this, you know? For such a time time as this. There you go, sister. There you go. (laughs) And we are about to see each other. That's the cool thing. We're looking forward to seeing each other very soon. The three of us will be together. The Wonder Triplets. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see y'all. I can't wait That'll be fun. Plus Father Josh Johnson. Super fun. Yes. We'll let him in our car. Only if he knows the handshake. If he doesn't, you're out, (laughs) mister. You are done. Poor Father Josh. He needs to learn the abiding together. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, we'll Mm -hmm. see. No, he's fun. It'll be great. So we're looking forward to your conference, Heather. So I can't wait to be part of it again. And just to be with all the women that will come, that'll be a tremendous, tremendous gift Mm -hmm. to everybody. So looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, So we thought that uh, we would talk a bit about the resurrection and kind of how do you live in the resurrection? You know, we talk about, you know, just the journey of Lent and just what Christ is resurrecting in our lives and our stories and things like that. And I couldn't help but think of a better kind of uh, 
framework to view this in than the, the homily that Pope Francis gave uh, during the Easter Vigil Mass um, in Rome. And it was absolutely gorgeous. And he talks about the women coming to bring spices. Yes. And he says, a single phrase astounds the woman and changes history when the angels ask them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you think that everything is hopeless when that no one can roll away your tombstones? Why do you give into resignation of failure? And he says, Easter, brothers and sisters, is the feast of tombstones taken away and rocks rolled aside. God takes away even the hardest stones against which our hopes and expectations crash. That is death and sin and fear and worldliness. So what do you guys think about that? Like when I read that, my, my heart, like the whole homily, we're going to talk about that today, but my heart just raced. Like it was so beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. Everything he said, I mean, honestly, I was going through and I was like, oh, I'll pull out a couple quotes. And then I found I was like cutting and pasting everything that he said. <laughs> I know. It's so yeah, good. It was very good. Yeah. I, I guess a couple of my thoughts initially when I was reading it was this is not like what you hear on your day to day. Like we are not mm-hmm. talking. This is like a totally different mind that you need to put on. It's the mind of Christ. It's the kingdom thinking. You know, normally yes. we're we are just um, confronted with limitations and failures and things that we cannot change. You know, and and here we we have things that we can't change. Yet the power of Christ that can change everything. So I just yeah. loved uh, the language that he was using, the way that he talked about being a resurrect resurrected people and just how practical it was because he is very practical. So mm-hmm. yeah. What about you, Michelle? Yeah. I, I was with same thing. I, when I was going through it, I was like, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like this is such an anthem of our hearts. You know, we use that quote, you know, we are Easter people and Alleluia is our mm-hmm. song by Pope John Paul II. But it is, we are like, I love the whole thing about his um, imagery of hope. Mm-hmm. You know, like these are the anthems of our heart that have to be, these songs have to be sung over and over and over again, or lest we forget. It is so easy to go back to spiritual amnesia and forget that he is a resurrection God. You know, it is so easy to go back to um, just a hopeless way of looking at things. Amen. And instead of a kingdom minded, like Heather said, way of looking at things. And it just it really struck me in the whole um, Easter season and Lent and the Tritium, you know, um, Holy Thursday, I was doing a holy hour after Holy Thursday Mass. And the way we have it is like the whole, um, we do it like in our parish center. We bring the tabernacle there and it's all decorated and as a garden. Like, so there's all these trees and bushes and it's just stunning, mm. you know. And I just had such a beautiful prayer time there that night. And I, w- you know, and I think I even wrote on my Instagram, I was just praying and writing and it just was like, Lord, I want to be the one that stays up with you in the garden. I don't want to fall asleep, mm-hmm. you know. And then even on Easter, I'm like, I want to be the one that finds you in the garden. Like, I want to be the one, you know, in that whole uh, beautiful gospel discourse where, you know, like when she, like Mary Magdalene approaches the gardener, like, what have you done with my savior? You know, where is he just, you know, I'm like, but I'm thinking to myself, am I that desperate to get to him? to find a resurrected Mm -hmm. Jesus? Like, am I like desperate Mm -hmm. to find him and say, where are you? I can't find you. And that beautiful point where he just calls her name. And as soon as he says her name, Mary, you know, and then she goes back and says, Raboni, teacher, like, and I even wrote in my journal, like, just teach me the ways of my heart, you know, like be the teacher Mm -hmm. of my heart this year. Like, Mm -hmm. teach me the ways of my heart. Let me call to you, but let me hear you call my name first. And let me respond in that exuberance and then that invitation, you know, and that's what he's calling us to live out, that resurrection power. And so, yeah, it was just Mm -hmm. beautiful. And I think he's calling us to get really specific about it in our own life. So in regards to what you were saying, Michelle, it's really asking ourselves, 
when I go into a place that has been dead, you know, through sin or through woundedness or whatever it might be in our own heart, do I expect to find the risen Jesus there? Mm -hmm. You know, because often I don't think we do. Yeah. I think we look at those places and go, that's lost. That's gone. I just need to shut that out, shut that down, push that away, get over it, whatever it might be. Like we're not going in there going, hey, risen Jesus, are you in there? Because I expect to find you in there, you know, which really should be our disposition as we approach our own hearts in the places of of desolation and longing and heartache and brokenness and wounds and every place that is messy. Like that's exactly where we should find, expect to find Christ because that's where we found him in the gospels. That's where we find him all throughout scriptures in those places, you know? That's a great question, I think, for all of us to ponder. I'm thinking right now, man, I need to think about that a little a little more deeply, like, and not just surface, but really go there in our own heart. Like, am I expecting to find the risen Jesus in the most painful parts of my heart? Amen. And I, I love he says here, you know, human history, to, to elaborate on your point, Michelle, he says human history does not end before a tombstone because today it encounters the living stone. Uh, the living Jesus. So he says, we as a church are built on him. And even when we grow disheartened and tempted to judge everything in the light of our failures, he comes to make all things new, to overturn our every disappointment. And so he said, each of us is called tonight to rediscover the risen Christ who rolls back the stone, the heaviest uh, from our heart, the heaviest of stones. So he talks about two stones, which, um, you know, I think we all struggle with them at times. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the stone of discouragement and the stone of sin. And uh, just really a great uh, kind of exposition of each of them. But I think all of us, you know, it's very interesting how Christ is in this time in the Gospels as we read during daily Mass. When you read in the Acts of the Apostles and you read in, in the resurrection narratives of the Gospel of where Christ is encountering the disciples in places of discouragement where they are afraid and they're discouraged and they have lost hope. And he comes right there to, uh, to, to bring the good news to them, to, uh, to encounter them. And so I think that's just true. I was just noticing in my own journey, like, you know, we all have those old narratives and, you know, just a narrative in my heart. And so just noticing that like, okay, here's this narrative again. And I had read that homily. So I was like thinking about that of like, okay, Lord, what are you, this is the stone of discouragement in my life. So where are you, like, where are you speaking into this? You know, where, where am I giving into discouragement versus where are you really, and not just like a Pollyanna kind of view of that, you know, this doesn't matter. It does matter, but like, where is Christ? Cause he's alive. So where is he? Like you're saying, Heather, like, where is he coming into my heart right now in these familiar places that we all have the stones of discouragement and the stones of sin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've noticed that discouragement stone in my heart in regards to the church, specifically with the, with the scandal and the crisis that's con- continuing, you know, to be exposed within the church. There, there have been many times where I just feel so discouraged, like, is this ever going to change? Is this ever going to get better? What can we do? You know, and I just feel completely helpless. Um, mm. And that's something that I've really had to come against very strongly, like very intentionally to not let my mind and my heart go there. Um, to remember mm. that God is still sovereign, e- even in the midst of the most tragic, horrible things, God is still sovereign and he is still the healer and nothing is too big for him, even though it feels absolutely crushing to me. Nothing is too hard for him, too big for him, too lost for him, uh, that he can go after it and he can redeem anything. And so, yeah, that specifically for me has been a good place to to actively pursue 
um, the power of God to come into those discouragement places in my own heart. Well, he talks about that. It's so great. He says, stone upon stone, we build within ourselves a monument to our own dissatisfaction, right? Uh-huh. Yes. The sepulcher yes. of hope. Like, uh, life becomes a succession of complaints and we grow sick in spirit. And a kind of tomb psychology takes over that everything ends here with no hope of emerging alive. Oh, is that, that's so true. Heather, like what you're saying, like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Michelle, Definitely. I totally cut you off. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Because even a little bit further up, I love when he says, we lose heart and come to believe that death is stronger than life, you know, and we oh, just lose gosh, heart. Yeah. Like where, mm-hmm. the, you know, like as Heather was saying, like, right, go into that area of the tomb, you know, where does the Lord need to bring freedom in there? Where does he need to bring resurrection? But go where we lost heart. Yeah, where have we lost hope? And it was interesting. Easter Sunday, we sent uh, with a couple of different groups, you know, just getting together and little get togethers. And we were with some friends of ours and who have um, three adopted children out of the foster care system, too. And we were just sharing our stories and just the beauty, but the heartache of just raising kids from hard places that have had a lot of trauma happen to them, have had a lot of things happen mm-hmm. to them. And we were just sharing. Mm-hmm. And the mom I was talking to is just a faith. She's just so faithful. And but she's tired right now. Like she's just really tired, like to her, like just to her, you know, her bones and her heart, she's tired. Like she is fighting this fight. And, you know, and I just tell her, and I've told her this a couple of times. I was like, the Lord did not bring these kids and put them in our family just to survive. Like he is not just going to do a half restoration or half healing. He is going to do the full thing, but we don't know what that looks like. And it's probably going to look different than we think it is. You know, we have our ideas, like this is what restoration and healing and resurrection look like. And God's ways are not our ways, Mm -hmm. but we are going to hold on to hope and we are going to hold on to promise, you know, in that. And as I was speaking it over her, I was preaching to myself, like we are going to hold on Mm -hmm. to this hope, you know, we will not lose hearts and just okay, there is no situation that the Lord cannot redeem, restore, revive, and bring to new life. So where are those areas? Like, go deeper. Where are those areas that we're losing heart? And can we bring those to the Lord right now? You know, Mm -hmm. he already knows, but he wants us to acknowledge them and bring them to him and surrender them at his feet so he can resurrect them in power. I think it's also interesting. This is something I was thinking of um, yesterday is that often we experience like tastes of resurrection or God has come in and done something powerful in our life, Um, but we don't take the movements to stay living in the resurrection, like in the new life. And he he talks about this in a couple of different ways. One quote that I love from, from this, Pope Francis says, Easter teaches us that believers do not linger at graveyards. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's really good. That's really good. And then the other one that I thought was very good, he said, how many times... Once we have encountered the Lord, do we return to the dead, digging Mm. up regrets, reproaches, hurts, and dissatisfaction without letting the risen one change us? And so I think that's really important. Like in my life, I've seen that. And in many people that I journey with, we can go back, you know, like we can go backwards. We can, we can dig up the hard things that have been there. It's almost like what's familiar to us instead of living in the new life that, that God has brought us. It's easier to kind of slump back into something that's familiar rather than taking the active steps to live into the new life that God has brought in our hearts and let it really take root and bear fruit that will last. 
sister, what, what do you want to say about that? No, that's so true. It's like the path of least resistance. And it's actually scientifically proven in our brains, the way our brains have these neural pathways of like certain thought patterns that it, it literally is easy to go back to. So to grow, you have to actually grow new pathways in your brain, which your brain is, is elastic. It can do it, but it does. It's just like any other muscle in your body. It's a matter of choosing that. Like you said, it's so easy to go back to those places. And, uh, he talks about that. Um, and he says, let us ask ourselves in my life, where am I looking? Looking. Am I looking, am I gazing at graveyards or am I looking for the living, the living one? <laughs> I love like, that. Oh, dang, yeah. yo, you dropped yeah. that. But That's I so was good. thinking of, cause I just, I, I just had that very thing happen to me that I was struggling with something in my heart. And I it was such a tendency to go back down the familiar path that I often take. And at that moment, my heart was in agony. In that moment, I was like, Jesus, I need you right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you right now. So please, I need you to reveal yourself in this right now. I need your help because I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I want to change and I want to live differently. So please help. And I said it out loud. I was driving in the car by myself. Everybody thought I was probably crazy. I love it. But I was like talking out loud to the Lord saying, man, you got to help me because I, I don't want to live like this anymore. Like, I really want to change and change is really hard. And I need your grace to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I I need you right now. So please come and reveal yourself to me because I need help, you know? Mm -hmm. And the enemy is super slick and sly. Like he's gonna want to trick us into believing that we haven't changed, that the old ways are still, that's who we are. You know, it's just a part of who I am and that's never going to change. But that's not the kind of God that we believe in. The God that we believe in can change everything, the most horrible things into beautiful things. Yes. And and it takes really living into that truth. And sister, I love that you were saying it out loud because I, I have found that in my own life too. I, I, I would rather be looked at like a crazy person driving in my car speaking out loud, but to be living in the truth, you know, yeah, um, because it does take declaring the truth sometimes over our life yes. and over the places like, no, I, I will not live in fear anymore because that's not who I am. God has redeemed me and he has restored me and I'm going to walk in the new freedom so we can tell the enemy to back off yep. because he doesn't have a place there anymore. Yeah. And we can stand firm in the truth of who we are as children of God on our own power. Yeah, we're nothing. We're gonna get we're gonna get our butts whooped, but but we aren't on our own. Mm-hmm. We are standing firm on a foundation, which is the risen Christ, um, who has already won the battle, and He's not still in the battle, wondering, you know, oh, am I gonna win this? <laughs> He's got it. He knows what he's doing. He's got it under control. I think for us, the temptation sometimes when things get stirred up again is to think, oh gosh, like I haven't made any progress. Like here I am back at the old thing. I thought I've dealt with this. I thought God came in and, and healed something. And here I am, you know, struggling with the same thing. And, mm-hmm. and I would venture to say, it's not the same thing. Mm-mm. You know, sometimes it might feel similar, but I view it like a puzzle. Some pieces look the same, but they're not the same piece. They might yes. be touching that piece. So it feels somewhat familiar, but it's not the same thing. So to really claim the victories that God has brought about in your life, life and to not like fall into the temptation that that you're back at square one again you know constantly that god actually isn't doing anything because that's just a lie what do you think michelle and i think it get overwhelming because we think okay like yes we beat ourselves up because oh man i'm still Mm -hmm. dealing with this but we also beat ourselves oh my goodness there's so many areas there's so many places that i need change Mm -hmm. there's so much room for growth like where do i even start you know, where do I even begin and start with the next right thing. Start with what the Holy Spirit stirs in your heart. Ask him, okay, Lord, let's just start today. What is that thing stirring in your heart that I need to like in my heart that I need to root Mm -hmm. out and just start there. And I love at the end of the thing, he asks like, all right, what direction are you going? You know? And I think we think in the spiritual walk and I really have been praying with this the last couple of weeks. Um, 
just really intently, like what does spiritual progress look like in the spiritual life? Mm -hmm. Like how do we progress and move in the spiritual life? How do we even know, you know, that we're moving closer to Jesus? You know, what are there like landmarkers are saying, okay, you're at mile five, you know, like how do we get there? And so, but I think we think in steps of up and back, like either steps forward or back. And the Lord has just really been teaching me in my prayer last couple of weeks. It's neither, nor it steps inward. You know, he's like, the journey is inward into my heart, into your heart to go deeper, you know, where we think it's like measurable front and back. Like, oh my gosh, I messed up. I need to take two steps back. Like we're a candy land game, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, if I hit this one, I'm going to slide our shoots and ladder. I'm going to slide down. I'm going to be all the way at the beginning, but it's not. And he's like, he's asking us to go inward. He's asking us to go into his heart. He's asking us to go into our hearts. And we do that. It's almost like a butterfly. Like it's a cocoon. Like when we do that, it's a safe, secure place that the Lord really can do the deep work. And in that time you will come out and what will happen? It's like, you're a butterfly and you can go anywhere. It's not front or back. Mm -hmm. It is everywhere because that's how the Holy spirit moves. Mm -hmm. So just going back and we've said this a couple of times on the podcast, allow the Holy spirit to do the heavy lifting. What is that one thing area that you want to dig deep in my heart today? Just one thing and start there and ask him the question because he really just wants it as a relationship and a journey to go together, you know, with, um, he just wants to look at us. He wants us to be in that gaze of hope, as he says in this beautiful, um, letter. And then he wants us just to hold his hand and go inward to this beautiful resurrection journey. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the practical practices that I found to be really, really helpful for me is to remember what God has done often, to recall the good things that God has done. And we see this even in the Psalms, you know, where David will be saying, like, I will remember the deeds of the Lord, like the wonders that he has done. Mm -hmm. And uh, like telling his soul, remember, oh, my soul, like what what God has done. And I had this experience even on Sunday uh, for Easter Mass. I was... They were reading the scriptures. It was right before the gospel. And they sang this eightfold alleluia. And it brought me back to this moment where some people were praying over me. And I experienced like tremendous amount of freedom. I was like 16 years old. And I just started to cry like, right in the middle of the mass. I just, because it brought me back to this moment where God really broke through. And it was a very dark time. And then all of these memories just started rushing to my mind of like times where God broke through my darkness and he saved me, you know, and I just cried for like so much of the mass. I was just like trying to hold in all these tears of, of gratitude, really like just thinking this could have gone sideways a million times. It only went sideways, you know, a hundred thousand times, but it could have gone (laughs) sideways a million more times, but God, you saved me. You broke through again and again. And so, um, it was just like reigniting this desire again to go back and, and recall the good things and to just have a heart of gratitude. Like God, you, you, really have come in. Like, I think that's a great, um, weapon against discouragement and hopelessness. Yeah. I think, um, really, yeah. One of the best parts of this harmony, I mean, that's also great, but he says this, he said, um, uh, I'll just read part of it. It's just one of the paragraphs. It's so wonderful. He says, do not fear, right? Because God sees in each of us an irrepressible kernel of beauty. Mm-hmm. He says, do not fear then because the Lord loves your life even when you are afraid to look at it and take it in hand. In Easter, he shows you how much he loves that life, even to the point of living it completely, experiencing anguish, abandonment, death, and hell, in order to emerge triumphant to tell you, you are not alone. Put your trust in me. Amen, amen. And I just, 
like you're saying, Heather, uh, you know, that's the true, like the proclaiming, the proclamation to remember the things the Lord has done. Uh, you know, even I, I can't help but even think of our Lenten book study of searching for maintaining peace, you know, that, that continual journey of the choosing to choose, like to choose with our will, to choose to remain in peace, to choose the Lord, to choose to be honest with what we're feeling and allowing those feelings to surface and, and surrender them and to be honest in those areas. And, but to, to make that choice toward him. And I think it's the, it's just, it's the journey, right? It's sometimes, you know, things that we're going with the wind and sometimes we're going against the wind. Mm -hmm. But like he says, you know, Christ comes to tell us that we're not alone, that we can put our trust in him because he's alive. I was thinking about that on the airplane today. I'm like, man, he's alive. Like (laughs) Christ is alive. And because he's alive, everything's different. Yeah. Everything is different. He's alive and he loves us. He loves us. And that is, that's the good news. Amen. Mm. Amen. Mm. What else can you say about that? Well, (laughs) (laughs) any any last words for the two of you? Oh, that was good. That was good. good. We'll leave it with you, sister. I know. All right, we'll put the link to the Pope's homily uh, on our on our in our show notes, just so you can read it yourself. It's not long at all, and it's just outstanding. So I'm, I'm sure there's places like for the three of us that speak particularly to each of us, but as a whole, it's just such a beautiful thing to reflect upon and just to to look at the stones and also look where Christ is resurrecting us, and you know that He's alive and He's coming. He's coming to to set us free, which He always does. So, so dear ladies, in the Easter season, we know that Michelle will not be having mm. sweet tart jelly beans as her one thing because she's not yeah, eating them. So okay, sad. so. But, but please uh, partake for me, people. Yeah, the stock's gone down. <laughs> our listen, yeah. our listenership just dropped too. Like, oh dang, she's not eating. Michelle. Yeah. She's not eating jelly beans. Forget jelly it. Beans I'm not listening. Sorry, well, <laughs> Michelle, you want to share? Well, so if it's not sweet tart jelly beans, sweet girl, then what is your one thing for the week? My one thing is, uh, like I said, um, I've been reading some writings of Father Pedro Arupe. I'm probably saying oh. that wrong. Jesuit priest that mm-hmm. was like, um, and he has a beautiful. Um, poem or like writing that I love. And the quote that stood out to me is why I started even looking at it, reading about it. It says, um, nothing is more practical than finding God. That is than falling in love in a quite absolute final way with the Lord. When you're what you're in love with, what seizes your imagination will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you will do with your evenings, how you will spend your weekends, what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything with the Lord. So I'll post that beautiful reflection. But that just one line I've really been praying with, what you are in love with, what seizes your imagination will affect everything, you know. And as we were talking about this beautiful um, homily from Pope Francis, like how is the Lord transforming our minds? Like what are we setting our minds upon? And what areas does like the Lord really just have to like baptize our imaginations in? You know, where does he just mm-hmm. need to baptize them again? You know, meaning like what does needs to come under his kingship, his lordship? You know, what areas just wander or go into hopelessness or doubt? So, yeah, that is my one thing. What about you, sister? Um, my one thing, I don't know if anybody here listens to our podcast, but I, my one thing for the week, I got to give a shout out to the seminarians at Mundelein Seminary in Chicago. So I'm here uh, speaking to them and just spending the day with them for a, a day Yay. of reflection. So I'm delighted to and honored just to be here with these men studying for the priesthood, men who are studying to be marked forever, indelibly, in my favorite word, uh, in, into Christ <laughs> and to serve the bride, the church. So it's an honor. So I just want to give a shout out to them. And if any of them are closet listeners, y'all, gentlemen, you're most welcome 
shout out to you uh, this Easter season. So happy, happy Easter, Mundelein Seminarians. That's great. <laughs> um, my one thing this week is a song from Upper Room Worship. Surprise, called surprise. <laughs> Healer. I know. I have, I've been getting it. There's so many good songs lately. Just all of a sudden, there's been like a Dude, flood that's on your of, playlist too. That's a good of new songs. Mm-hmm. So the song is Healer, and I will put that on our website on the show notes mm-hmm. for everybody. Amen. Um, I also just wanted to say again, uh, if anybody has signed up for the show notes and for the podcast to be delivered to your inbox, your email box every week, and you aren't getting those, if you would just go back and sign up again, we've um, changed how things work and we'll be sending out our our show notes and emails directly from us. So if you want to sign up again, we'll be sure to get that to you every Monday. Amen, y'all. And just want to finally close with uh, just a couple of the last words from Pope Francis in his homily, just as a gift to all of us in our own hearts. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, let us put the living one at the center of our lives. Let us seek him. Let us allow ourselves to be sought out by him. Let us seek him in all things and above all things. And with him, we will rise again. So that is our prayer for you this week, that no matter what you face this week, to know that Christ is alive and that he loves you and with him you rise. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can go to ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together. That's ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together and enter your email address click the subscribe button and the show notes will be on their way to you every week you can also find the show notes on the ascension press website as well as each episode on the itunes podcast app you'll find everything there you can join our private facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on we love to hear from you send us an email give us a shout out we are happy to be on the journey with you and until next week we will be abiding together Thank you so much.